Hey, welcome to six, episode 63 of Six Pack Cinema. This week it's just the big time Marvel boys, Sheehan and Dave. Jimmy's not here. Let's uh, let's hop into it. We're reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Dude, you should review movies. Oh my god, yes. Okay, I've okay. had a couple, so... Movie <clears throat> review. There we go. Yeah. I don't remember what our music is. I'm more about that. I know. Okay, well... Yep, sans Jimmy... How you doing? Um, doing great. This time, Jimmy didn't... didn't uh, miss out because he didn't want to, it's just he's still stuck on an island, so conveniently he didn't miss out on the Marvel movie by choice. It just oh yeah, he sounded real out. upset when he was like, oh no, I can't see Ant-Man. Yeah, I mean if, if, there's, if there's one Marvel movie he's gonna hate, it's gonna be Ant-Man. Oh yeah, the yeah. lack of following physics at all would drive him nuts. Yeah, and that's the one point I want to talk about because they, they carefully lay out the physics and then they immediately just ignore all facts of those physics. It's great. Well, they did the same thing in the first one. No, that's what I'm talking about. There's the Ant-Man in oh. general. They just, physics, they like, oh, here it is. This is exactly what happens. And the thing we just said, we're just ignoring. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, but this one, I, um... this, 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 it's the, they call it the best sequel of Marvel ever made. Com- it's comic up book, there. Comicbook.com said it's the best sequel of Marvel ever made. I think it's up there. I think it, I think it actually is. I, I really like Winter Soldier. Yeah, but and again. And Thor Ragnarok's like, a sequel. I love Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but again, I always go back to the fact that these ones are typically just chapters in a larger story, whereas this mm-hmm. one is actually just a pretty standalone movie on its own. So that's good, which boosts the yes. points for me. I, I walked out of the movie actually feeling I was upset that Paul Rudd's not a bigger part of the MCU. Okay, like you can take, you can it, take it that way. He's, he's in it, and, and what's her name? Uh, the Wasp, Hope. Yep. Um, both of them were fantastic in this, I felt like, and besides for maybe 10 minutes in Civil War, Paul Rudd's had, like, zero interaction with the rest of them. I think that was by design, though, because they don't want to introduce too many people all at once. They, like, want to have, like, little teasers along the way. I saw I know, an interview with Kevin Feige. Feige? Feige? The guy who... Feige, I think. Feige, yeah. The guy who runs all of Marvel uh, MCU. He said that the introduction of the Wasp was huge because... In the very first ever issue of Avengers, Wasp was on the cover. And she's mm. going to play a bigger role in Phase 3. Which, which is, is good. awesome. That's great, yeah. Alright, uh, that makes me feel... I know Ant-Man's in the next Avengers, so... That, is, ma- that makes me feel better. They're going to start being more and more in it. And Ant-Man is just a really dumb superhero. Like, it really is a but dumb superhero. But they make him so fun. And Paul no, it's Rudd great. is so good as him. It's really great, but I mean, if you want to give shit to Hawkeye for just being a guy who throws bows and arrows, having Ant-Man, whose power is becoming an ant, that's... Or equally. giant. Or giant, yep. But if he becomes a giant, he falls asleep in three minutes. Exactly. You just gotta, like, use it all at once. Yeah. I, I can see it. why he they're limiting him, though. It's just, they, they, they're like, yeah, we're dealing with the gods and a, a red witch and a guy who's made out of metal with a stone in his head. I think going an ant guy is a little too far, so we're going to pump the brakes and just kind of leave in the background. I mean, Ant-Man could be pretty deadly. He just crawls in any of their ears, and it goes to Giant-Man. Kills yeah. him instantly. Yeah, that, that's dark. <laughs> yeah. but, but you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> could you imagine that's how Avengers 4 ends? Ant-Man's just like, fuck it, I'm going to end this, and flies into Thanos' ear and just blows up. 
That'd be awesome. And that's I something mean, they could no pull off. There's no way to do that. If this was the Deadpool universe, they absolutely would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> All right. Well, back to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about it? I loved it. I, I, like I said, I walked out of there feeling very, very good about watching the movie. Typically, I, I walk out of these things like uh, Civil War and, and Infinity War especially. I, I was kind of left uneasy and upset. Not upset, well, but yeah, just like wanting more. Those heavier movies. Yeah, and also they're more of uh, to be continued, which I hate. This one was great. It wrapped it up in a nice little, nice little bow tie, aside from the post credit scene, which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, the characters love them. They didn't. They took the good parts of the first one and they amplified them just the right way. Like Luis, his his whole like mannerisms and his storytelling, they 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 were sure to key in on that, but not overdo it, which a lot of sequels do. So I I really want. Avengers 4 to start with when Ant-Man gets out of where he's at um, Luis filling him in as like a fill-in for the audience and so it cuts to like Thanos and Tony Stark and Captain America doing the Luis vo- uh, impression that mm-hmm. would be great that would be great that would be ideal they're gonna do that right I mean it's it's probably the most liked part of the whole movie in the both movies mm-hmm. both they, were standout they, parts and they they even made it into the the final trailer, they they chipped they chipped it in there. Did they? I missed yeah. that. I didn't see yeah, the they, they they had the first half of it. It's like yeah, he was in a dark place. Not not just talking about cell block D. <laughs> they had they had that right at the beginning, so it was great. Uh, That's awesome. So, my my favorite part of the movie though was uh, Hope for Evangeline Lilly. Mm-hmm. Her her turnaround from like her the first movie to this one was massive. She was so fucking uptight and perfect and, like, hating and everything that... And this one, she's very loose and she's, uh, what do you call it, a fugitive now. And they even showed her, like, how, how, like, her hair was perfectly cut in the first one, but now she obviously hasn't had a haircut since and she's all raggedy. Love that. Yes. I also love that it was just kind of a great arc for her because she was so uptight and angry in the first one because she wanted to be... Like, the Ant-Man or the Wasp or whatever. She thought she could do it better than Scott Lang. And in this one, she got to prove she she does. Much She's better. much more efficient in combat and thinking through how to use the powers to stop people. Mm-hmm. And Scott kind of just bumbles through it. Yeah. And so yeah. I think she was in a lighter mood because she was finally strutting her stuff. She's like, fuck you, I'm better at this and I have proof now I'm better at it. I don't think she was in a lighter mood per se because she did have the heavy things about you know finding her mom and being on the well, run. Yes, which but she was... I think I think it was kind of bullshit how they kind of I don't want to say it was a shoehorn in there, but you open up realizing that Hank Pym and Hope were, were on the run because because uh, Scott Lang uh, violated the Sokovia Accords with their tech, so they were also to blame for that. I think that was kind of bullshit. I mean. I mean that that may be the way it goes down. In like, if if you actually look at the fake Sokovia Accords, that's like by the letter yeah. of law. But if I if that was in this universe, and I was like, I'd be like, guys, this is bullshit. They didn't do anything. You're just roping them in with this guy who made a bad decision. But I mean, I, our government would probably do that. Oh, for sure. But there would be a lot of protests. I feel. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there were at first, but after two years, no one cares. Yeah, that's that forty-eight hour cycle of protesting really gets you. 
I also love that these Ant-Man movies have become kind of like a palate cleanser for the MCU. The first one came right after Age of Ultron, and it, I actually don't like Age of Ultron. And at the time, when I came out of that movie, I turned to my roommate and I said, I might be done with the MCU. And yeah. then I had a free AMC pass, so I went to go see Ant-Man, and I walked out of that being like, that's exactly what I needed. I'm back in. Like, it was light, it was fun, it didn't, like, really play into a lot of the other stuff, which I loved. I think that's a good and point. this kind of does the same thing after Infinity War. Like, that was a really heavy movie, and emotionally tolling, and this, for the most part, up until the post credit scenes, is just a lighthearted romp. Yeah, and that's a good point, because I didn't think about that. I, I didn't see it in the theater, actually, I was kind of protesting Ant-Man, thinking it wasn't really worth my time. Back then, I like, oh, this, this is a joke movie. They can't, they can't. I didn't believe it was actually be, becoming a movie until it actually came out. I thought it was just some like guerrilla camp, uh, ad campaign that was supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. It, in Age of Ultron, you get the first death in the MCU, which uh, Quicksilver. They also dropped an entire city on the Earth and killed a bunch of people. So you're right. Palette cleanser, and in comes Ant Man. And this one, literally half the universe dies. Palette cleanser, Ant Man, awesome. Yes, I hope they continue to use the franchise that way, while also having them appear in, like, other team-up movies. For sure. But I guess we should probably hop into the post credit scenes, then. I'm, I literally because... just can't wait to talk about this, because... Alright, let's, let's do it. Because that ties right into Avengers Infinity War. Yes. And... So... I think Those of both... you listening, if you... Well, because some people don't stay. Sure. For sure. those listening, the first post credit scene is Ant-Man... Wasp and Hank and, um, fuck, what's her name? Mrs. Hank. The original Wasp. Janet. Janet. Michelle Pfeiffer. Janet. They're sending Scott into the quantum realm to pick up some particles to help Ghost. And they sent him in. He picks up the particles. And then as they're about to bring him out, radio cuts out. And it cuts back to the outside world, and they turn to Ash. And he's stuck in the quantum realm screaming for help through the radio. That was, I, I think when we did our Avengers episode a few months ago, I guessed something similar to this. I thought it was going to be his daughter, though. Yeah. A buddy uh, and me at, at work, we were talking about it, and we were hoping that Ant-Man would disappear. Mm-hmm. And it would leave the Wasp to be the, the, the challenging hero for the, next, uh, for the Avengers. Didn't happen. Quite yeah. the opposite, actually. So, that sucks. Yes. And now, and now Ant-Man, uh, Scott Lang, he's stuck in the quantum level. Mm-hmm. But I've already, I've already seen this kind of bullshit because he's, he's already done this before and he can just use one of those little discs, put it in his if regulator. If he has any with him, though. If you're not going to go to the quantum level once you've already been there once before and not have a backup plan. So here's this for a theory. I, I think he's going to be stuck there for a few years. Because they've come out and said Avengers 4 is a couple of years after Avengers 3. Okay. It's not immediate, and they've recasted his daughter for the second for Avengers four. Yeah, I did as, hear that. As that's, someone, that's a big. As spoiler. someone who's like in her late twenties. No, 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 no. Sixteen years old. Or not? Yeah, sorry, not late twenties. I meant late teens. I thought. Yeah, let's um, uh, let's 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 curb those like super spoilers for other movies. Cause some people may not want to like worry about that. Let's just say, yeah, the it's 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 most likely further in the future. So my point was just going to be, I think he disappears and is stuck in the quantum realm for a few years. Yeah. Before he gets out. 
True. Uh, it, it could be he's stuck in there for 10 years. Because yeah. we do know there there are rumors and spoilers ahead. There were uh, uh, set photos from Avengers 5 or Infinity War Part 2, whatever you want to call it, of the they're redoing the battle from 2012 in the first Avengers movie. So they're hopping yeah. all over the place. So if they can go backwards, but, they I mean, can go forward. Be- They've also said they're shooting fake scenes just to throw off spoilers. But they're... that's a big one to do. I mean. Well, yeah, but I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has come out and said a whole arc he shot for the third one just doesn't exist. Really? In the I didn't see that. Movie. Yeah. And so you don't know if these are actually time travel or if there's flashbacks to these things. They're really fucking with people now. How, how pissed would you be if you're, I mean, they, Robert Downey Jr. I, has I to think know. normally... You would be pissed, but knowing it's been this long in the making and how big this movie is, I you don't understand. know. I mean, some of these guys got to go through a ton of fucking makeup. If they're sitting there in the chair for eight hours, getting plastered for three weeks straight, and they only have one scene come out, I would yeah. be absolutely. I mean, you can pay me all the money you want, but I would still be bullshit because I want to yeah. be in these these huge movies. I want to be in a lot of it. If you just put, put me down to one scene and you you waste my whole summer by putting me in makeup and. And a costume and a fucking big old clunky metal suit. Yeah, I'd be upset. <laughs> well, and it's also come out. They also re or they shot multiple endings with different people alive for Avengers three. Okay. So people weren't sure if their character actually survived or not until they went to see the movie. You're saying Avengers three? That, Infinity War. That that okay? Yep. Yes. I I thought it was Avengers four. I don't know why. I'm just bad at counting. Sorry. And but also, you know what I like? Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you you mentioned before how it would be really cool if they opened up uh, Avengers, this, this Infinity War Part 2, with Luis giving him a game and a rundown. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's been rumors about the uh, the second part, the, the second post-credit scene with the, the ant the doing drums. Mm-hmm. There's rumors that there are... I didn't pick up on it, but dust flying down the hall as if someone just turned to dust there, which would be Luis because he also lives there, I think. I didn't even see that. I might have to, whenever these scenes pop up on YouTube, rewatch that. Yeah, because that would suck. um, Yes. I actually thought that second post-credit scene, and for those of you listening, if you didn't stay through the credits, it's panning through Scott's house. And there's emergency broadcasts on the TV, and you hear screams and crashes from outside in the neighborhood. And then it finally pans to an ant playing the drums, still going through the motions. I thought that was pretty disturbing and haunting, too, though. Because you just see empty. all this, the house empty, the emergency broadcast. You hear screams of people outside, and yep. this ant is still just drumming away, like, stuck in this routine. Like, there's obviously a little bit of humor to that. Mm-hmm. But the fact this is the first time we really see a post snap world besides for the two seconds in the uh, Infinity War. Yeah, I think I think scene. that this I think this this whole movie is happening at the exact same time. Like it's parallel too. Um, yes. And so that scene with with the ant doing the drums is like it's probably the same time that uh, Sam Jackson is fading away too. We have to imagine it's at least a little bit after it. Because somebody was around to put up the emergency government broadcast. Well, that could be that no, that could be from uh, just like no, just, just like a dead man switch. Yeah, someone someone's in a plane. The the pilot just like disappears, and all of a sudden the plane goes into the the studio. 
Yeah, that's true. Which is actually very likely, considering half people died. Yeah. Planes are coming out of nowhere, so that that's... I would I actually I would love a movie of just like if they made a Marvel Shield movie just dealing with mm-hmm. that day. That'd be a great movie. Yeah. I don't watch it, but Agents of Shield, they got renewed for one more season, but they're yeah. not going to air it until after the next Avengers, which is kind of bullshit. Hmm. Cuz I mean everyone who follows comic book movies knows to some extent the snap's going to be brought like rolled back. So you're not going to get to see that world too much. Yeah, but what would you do? Would you just sign on all these actors for one last season, but decide half of them die? I mean, that would be awesome. I don't know. With with TV shows, it's different. Like you can't just cut out half the people because then you lose the very carefully crafted, uh, you know, chemistry between everyone. I don't know. From everything I've heard from people who watch the show, it only got good after. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier because that exposed S.H.I.E.L.D. as this evil corporation and like led to the show completely changing its dynamics. Yeah, no, I, I do watch the show, but um, it was good for a while. They've gone completely south for in the past couple of years. Oh, really? Well, they've had... They I have, know that, uh, that watches have, it says every season's better than the one before. Ugh. Yeah, no, I mean, what two seasons this past season, they were in the future. With a the world was destroyed because of one of them fucked up. So they were like in in the future with it, with all the uh, the Kree enslaving humans. So that was weird. I didn't like that. And before that, they were in what they call the framework, which was they were uploading themselves into the computer and dealing with an alternate reality. So that was weird. Just give me just give me Phil Coulson and this team running around the world fighting off these superhero villains or whatever. That's what I that's what I signed up for. Not this weird shit. The last good, the last good villain they dealt with was uh, Ghost Rider, and that was awesome. Oh, was he a villain? I thought he like was on the team. He was half and half. He was he was bad, and then they got him. They talked to him a little bit. They won him over, and then he helped him out. That's he was, cool. He was, I, he was, I saw he's some a lone images ranger. of him. He looked badass. Yeah, he's a lone ranger, and it's it's the second half of the season. Their their uh, their priorities aligned, and they worked together. It was great. Cool. So yeah, that's talking shield. Yes. Is there anything else on Ant-Man and the Wasp? Michelle Pfeiffer just does it every time. She is so gorgeous. Even older For a 60-year-old or whatever. Yes. She's I old. also thought the de-age stuff of her and Hank uh, and um, Michael Douglas in the beginning was pretty spot on. Yeah. She's, I didn't get any Uncanny old. Valley stuff that you normally get from that. Did no, they, they've they're doing really good with. Uh, I mean, she's she's had some work done already. Oh well, yes. So I think it wasn't too hard to airbrush her into the right, you know, forty or thirty-five, forty-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they did they did a good job. I know that. Yeah. If you had told me she had filmed that scene years ago, and then now was just picking up. Yeah, me too. Okay. She, so bo- she has had like a. Resurgence, or like a, a second wind in her career, right? Or is that just me? Which, no, she did. She retired for a while, and then she got bored of retirement, so she's come back. I think With Mother was her first. Was her first big thing back? Um, Mother was a big one. Uh, where is Kira? That's that's her. That's her real one. And I don't know. I've never heard of that. I don't. Yeah, me neither. She was the main character. Hmm. 
Probably some indie project. It's re- really is Mother and then Murder of the Orient Express, Ant-Man and the Wasp. She just finished Maleficent 2. She's back. Oh, yeah. All right. Back in a big way. Got All her right, Catwoman. Let's talk about shrinking things. What will we keep? Yes. So before we do our rankings, we got a little fun game for you. We made our power rankings of things we would shrink and keep in our pockets if we could do it like, uh, what's his name? Hank Pym does. Mm-hmm. Sheehan, why don't you go first? All right. The first one is obvious, and I'm sure you have it on your list too, and that's a, I would keep my car in my pocket. Okay. I, w- I would like to, can I explain why? At first I was thinking, you know, that's kind of stupid. It's just so obvious. But mm-hmm. if I was still living in Boston like it was last year, can you imagine how good that would be just to drive around? Because the bitch of Boston is you can't park anywhere. Just drive where you want to be, hop out, put it in your pocket, good to go. Yes. So I mean, my first one, it's not my car, be just because I wouldn't want to drive in New York. It's a bunch but of it's a bike. Drive, yeah. It's a, it, the main reason I use the commuter bikes and not buy my own is because I don't want to find a place to safely lock it up because that can be a pain in the ass in New York. So I would just shrink my bike, put it in my pocket. So there you go. Convenience. Oh, yeah. Finding spots to park or lock your bike up is a bitch, so avoid that by putting it in your pocket. Yes. My next one, since that was kind of my first one, too. Yeah. My next one was my laptop and gym bag, just because it's such a fucking pain in the ass, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. I get on the train, I get off the train, and my, the whole back of my shirt's just sweat through from having this bag on my back. Mm-hmm. Love to just throw that in my pocket. I'm not an inconvenience to anyone on the train. I can ride my bike easier. It makes life much more easy. There we go. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Along the same lines, but I took it one step forward, one step further. I would, first of all, I would go out and buy a big wardrobe to put all my clothes in. And then I would shrink that down so that, you know, whenever you go out with someone, you're, you maybe, you're like, oh, I'm not really dressed appropriately. No, no, you have your entire wardrobe in your pocket. Just hit the button, goes up, just pick out your clothes, change up, go to back then in the pocket, good to go. Imagine never having to worry one. about, like, packing or worrying about, like, what you're going to wear tomorrow or, or later on the day or if you're dressed right. In your pocket, yeah. everywhere. All right. That's not pretty, bad. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty good. I'm pretty proud of myself for that one. Mm-hmm. My next one is my chair from my office. I love that chair. It's so co- comfortable. It's better than any office chair I've ever sat in. I would just like to bring that. I'd, I'd rather be sitting in that and then my shitty stool that falls apart every time I sit in it here. The fact that you still don't have another chair in, in your apartment is ridiculous. I think it fell, it fell apart in like episode 20. I got it for episode 20. <laughs> Jesus. I was borrowing my roommate's chair for so long. But if I could carry that office chair with me wherever, go to a friend's house, know where to sit, throw my chair out. Okay. So right now you have have a bike, a gym bag, and a chair. (laughs) Yes. I totally went big with this. You got to work those brain muscles a little bit, man. Get creative. Hey. All right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I got two more. I'll go with the lamer of the two. Uh, I'm going to do opposite. Actually, I'm going to carry an iPad around with me, and I'm going to use the explode one, and I'm going to make it into a like nine foot TV whenever I want. Like download a movie on iTunes and watch it. Oh, I didn't know we could do that. That's a great idea. Yeah, I just kind of switch it up. If we you. could expand shit, I'd make my TV better. Yeah. Well, see, it has to be an iPad, because if you do a TV. Then the plugs are too big for anything to plug into. 
You got to think realistic here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Realistic in our shrinking and growing game. Yeah. Fair. That, that's a really good one, Puck. I want to steal that one. But <laughs> you, my, can, you can have it. Yay. But my last one, it's similar to your wardrobe. I don't know if you, well, you should probably know. We've done 63 of these, and I've worn a ton of different hats. I'm a big hat guy. I have about 50 different hats just here, and I have another couple boxes back home in my dad's garage. Okay. I just have my hat collection. Put that in the box. That's Anytime good. I'm out and need a new hat, dig through those. Oh, this is the right hat for this occasion. FSU game, throw in an FSU cap. At a Cubs game, throw in the Cubs hat. Well, which FSU hat? I, I can see like three in the background of your apartment right now. Yeah, I got You got options. Three over there, a brewery one, this one from my cousin's company, and then like 16 more in my closet. Jesus. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Guy. My my final one um, probably wouldn't work for you because you you don't have a space big enough. But my I was trying to think of what do I love and what do I want. But the problem is I just it's I don't can't logistically have it dedicated to a spot in my house or wherever I am, and that is a uh, a pool table. Ooh. You don't really need a lot of room to have a pool table just to put put down and play. You do need to have a lot of room dedicated to it. So if I could just That's like true. hey my dining room table. It's gonna. I'm gonna go move that out of the way. Pool table. Bing, bang, boom. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I got. All right. I got one more for to make it jumbo. Okay. My cat. I turned my cat into like a lion. Terrible idea. It would be great. She's awesome. I make her big enough to ride. I would ride my cat around New York City. Have you seen Honey? Uh, I blew up the kid. No, but my cat's awesome. Yeah. No, the kid was awesome too. But when they get big. All of a sudden, she starts licking her paws, and she whacks over a building. You know, it's... Well, no, not, not that big. Just, like, big you enough that... You can't control that. that. They, they, they I can. Grow. I play fetch with her. I taught her how to fist bump. I think she would grow, like, at least 20 times her size, and that's, like, that's bigger well, they than... they can a... control how big they grow. Okay, yeah, sure. I would just make her the size of at least a very large dog. Why don't you just get a very large dog? Because I like my cat, and I already have it. <laughs> this isn't buy new things game. It's grow or shrink what you own. Yeah. And can I, can I just say one th- – I, I, I forgot to touch upon this, but in the very beginning of the episode, I said they they explained the science behind it, and they completely ignored it. The way that they, they shrink and expand these these items is that it it's they just take the particles, and they, they shrink the space between the particles. Makes sense, right? Yeah. But the reason why Ant-Man is so effective is because you don't lose mass. And so he can still throw a punch like a full-grown man. Cool. That makes sense. Except when Hank Pym takes a fucking tank and puts it on his key ring, that tank with the same mass at the size of a pinpoint is going to go through your leg, through the floor, and everything else until it hits the ground. The weight's still the same. The the best thing I saw was someone on Twitter decided Hank Pym just made that up because he didn't want to explain the science to someone as dumb as Scott Lang. No. So he I just said something re- quasi I mean, it's clearly this guy's own made-up explanation, but that's what I'm rolling with. He's but like, I mean, the Scott's fact that he's not going to get it. Fuck it. I'm just going to say it shrinks the space. I know. The fact that they say that and they continue to say it, it's just like... and Just, just follow the rules, man. Like You can't carry around a briefcase full of cars if they have the same mass of 16 cars. I also like that Hank Pym, for some reason, had one 
like, flamed out, tricked out purple car. Yeah, yeah. That, of course, Luis is going to pick. I, he, definitely, he definitely stole all those cars, right? Yeah, no. He didn't go, well, they did have a ton of money. Well, yeah, but I mean, Maybe it's, it's easy. If you can shrink a car down to a matchbox, it's easy to steal anything. Yeah. Why spend that money? Because no one's going to be able, you're not going to be able to buy all that in cash. That's going to be suspicious as hell. Yeah. I don't know. I, if I had these, this superpower, I'd be a criminal. Oh, God, yeah. That's without Most a doubt. Most of these I'm, superpowers, in my head, at first, I'm like, yeah, I'd be a hero. I'd save people. And then I'm like, well, if I was the Flash, I would just go and steal all my food. <laughs> yeah, stuff I, like that. I would be just like Deadpool. I mean, he's he's got he's a good guy. He helps people, but he you, abuses his power to his best ability, and he doesn't give a fuck about being a hero. Yeah, I would probably I wouldn't I wouldn't hurt anybody. I wouldn't be malicious, but I'm stealing. I'm stealing a lot, and I'm getting away with a lot more. We're all not right. we're not heroes. No. We're anti-heroes. Exactly. But let's hop into our rankings then. Okay. What do you, um, I think popcorn, it's pretty unanimous, right? Five? Five. Five, absolutely. Right. Five. Unless the movie is astoundingly bad, we're probably always going to give it a five. Yeah, you're going to have to fuck up pretty hard to give me like a, anything less than a four and a half. Yes. What are you giving it critically though? Uh, f- this is actually higher considering most Marvel movies because, like I said, it's a standalone. It, it could be a standalone movie, even though it is a sequel. It's just it, it was a self-contained story, which I loved, which they don't do anymore, which pisses me off. So I want to give it more points for that. I'm calling it 83. Pretty good. I We didn't really talk about any negatives. I felt Ghost was a little weak throughout, and... I actually, the biggest thing I don't like this movie for is Walter Goggins was such a throwaway character, and I would like him to be a bigger villain or something, or a hero or something in the MCU. So I He's felt like they yet. wasted a, I mean, yeah, but I felt like they wasted a really good actor. I don't I mean, he, he's not dead, he's not arrested. I know, but he, he was just like an arms dealer. Once they yeah. get to cosmic shit, they're not going to be dealing with arms dealers anymore. Oh, they're always going to have some kind of Earth, uh... Earth aspect to it, and especially now that Wakanda's open, I mean, arms dealers are going to get their arms on that. Sure, arms dealers are going to get their hands on that, not their arms. Too many arms. It's all right. We okay. fumbled over so much already this episode. Yes. So what was, what was your? But no, rating? I agree with you. It was. It's. It's a very good uh, movie. I give it an eighty-one. So eighty-two. Yeah. Perfect. Solid, I like that. Solid B minus. So, if you go to see it again, what are you drinking while you? Watch it. I don't know. You go first. I'm going to drink the official drink they made for the movie, which is called Wasp on the Rocks. It's like a really? rum, pineapple, coconut cream, orange juice drink. Very fruity and flavorful. But, yeah, apparently Marvel commissioned a specialty drink for this movie. Interesting. You know, I'm going to drink. I can't not drink the specialty no. drink. I think you're right. Uh, I think I've already uh, recommended this once before. I can't remember which one. But I'm gonna go with a teeny. A teeny? Teeny. It's like a little little barrel juice cup thing. Oh, we did that for um Can't remember which Incredibles. one. Incredibles. Yes. Incredibles too. But get it? It's teeny. <laughs> like an ant man. <laughs> I Got don't him. like that. Got him. I fucking love nice. good puns. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. 
that wraps up this week's episode of Six Pack Cinema. Tune in on Friday for our weekly headliners. Yes. Also, we're giving a sticker giveaway. Everyone yeah, we're out there, out stickers. please subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, take a screenshot, DM us on Instagram, and we will send you some cool stickers. Yeah, at Six Pack Cinema. Yeah. And follow us. Very important to follow us on Instagram, too. Yes. All right, guys. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Love you.